Hi everybody, this is Pam at the Paper Outpost and today we are talking all about selling our journals. Selling our journals? Selling our journals? They're like our babies. How can we even conceive of such a thing? I completely understand as I have stood in your shoes many a time. Uh, my story was basically I started making journals and making journals and making journals and making journals until I was literally crowded out of space where I had to come to the decision of finally deciding to sell my journals. It was a hard decision uh, because when you pour so much love and care and thought and feeling into something and it's 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 almost like it's not just one painting or one picture, it's, you know, a, a 50 or 100 or 200 all amassed into one book. So there's a lot of emotion uh, that went into each of those projects. And, um, but eventually it came down to, I made the decision, I was going to attempt to sell some journals. And at first I had absolutely no idea whether anybody would even want to buy a journal from me. Uh, would they like what I made? Uh, I got a lot of you know, what I call squirrely face when I would give it to family or friends and I had to go through the explanation phase of what it was and, you know, how it can be used or how it can be looked at or how you can tuck things into it. And it's a keepsake journal. It's uh, something that you might, uh, you know, hand down to someone else or gift, blah, 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 and all of that. And I thought, my goodness, how on earth am I ever going to get that across to anybody who might want to sell one? And certainly there can't be that many people who want to buy journals. What The next question is, why wouldn't they just make their own? Why would they want to buy my journal? It's a junk journal. I've made it from all sorts of crazy things, crazy items from yesterday and today. And uh, um, you may be having some of these similar thoughts. So let's talk today about the mindset of selling a journal. Now, most of us already know about Etsy. Etsy is a platform where you can sell your craft things, your craft related things, your craft tools, your craft supplies, and your actual pre or your completed crafts. And uh, um, so Etsy is an obvious place to put your journals up for sale. It's a great resource. Um, there's a lot of uh, emotions about Etsy, pros and cons, this and that. Um, for myself, I'm relatively new to Etsy, but I thought it would be an easy place to start because a lot of the little kinks in the system of actually selling to people from my home where I don't actually have to meet them on a street corner and sell it or something like that um, sounded convenient and uh, they you know Etsy handles the entire uh, financial transaction part of it so I don't have to worry about that and they make shipping very simple for me so I thought okay I will give that a try and the nutshell about Etsy I when I was researching it um, the thing I kept hearing was you need to put at least 10 things in your store uh, to get started so that you really have something to show people. And it's important to keep your store stocked so that you have, when people come back to look, they have something to buy. Well, I obviously failed this class because I was never able to get 10 things in my store. Um, they didn't sell at the beginning. They sat there and sat there and sat there and nothing happened until I finally opened up the YouTube channel and I got the word out there. And what the YouTube channel allowed me to do was get the word out to people in far corners of the earth um, that I had journals for sale. And maybe, you know, this is what made the difference for me. And then my journal started to sell. And I remember the first time I heard the little Etsy ka-ching sound when you make a sale. I almost fell off the chair. I, I was so shocked. Um, 
And uh, the only reason I knew what it was is because I heard it on other people's channels. You would hear the little ka-ching in the background. And uh, um, somebody mentioned, oh, that meant somebody bought something in my Etsy shop. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. So sold the first one. And I thought, okay, so now we're just going to settle down. That was just luck of the draw. And then uh, uh, long story short, uh, I had uh, placed about six journals up for sale. And they started to sell. And um, they sold, you know, I would say slowly at first, but then as I put more videos and more word got out there, then they started to sell more quickly to the point where I'm having difficulty now um, keeping them in stock. I haven't had anything in, like, I've maybe put in one a month because I just can't physically make them uh, that fast myself and also make all the YouTube videos and all that other stuff. So I am, uh, that's where I am now. I'm trying to, uh, focus on more on making journals and, and getting uh, journals in my stock so that there's something for there for folks to buy. But it was still very difficult. Okay, so when I first contemplated selling my journals, I had a giant chest. It's like a cedar chest sort of thing from India in my living room full of journals that I have made. And these were the journals, I, I call them my learning process journals from the very beginning. I mean, some were very basic, very simple. Some, most had a lot of mistakes and errors and boo-boos and, and uh, they're not saleable. And also I didn't have the heart to sell them because I love them so much because they it's like looking back in my own past. But there were some that I thought, okay, I mean, I like this journal. It's, um, it's better quality. It, uh, con- it's constructed well, but it looked a little blo- boring and bland to me. So I pulled a couple of those up and I decided to um, fluff them up a little bit, give them a little bit of uh, pizzazz and intrigue. And I thought to myself, this was a key question I said to self, I said, what would make me buy this journal? Why would I buy this journal? And one thing that popped up in my mind was, um, well, Pam, I don't know if you're the greatest artist in the world, but I know one thing that really excites me is the old stuff, the old ephemera and um, uh, things like that. And that would be a tipping point for me. If I saw an old handwritten letter that's over 100 years old or some pieces of ledger or some receipts or checks or, or, or this, you know, these papers that are authentic that go back in time and just, I don't know, for me, that's, that's a personal uh, tipping point where I, all of a sudden that was amazing to me. And I thought, okay, maybe somebody else might feel the same way too. So I took these journals and I just packed them full of all this wondrous old stuff. And I thought it would be really neat for others to get their hands on this stuff too. Even if they didn't like my journal, maybe they would like the old papers, I thought. <laughs> and then, um, um, I guess I'm a bit of a shy artist, you would say. I've never really considered myself an artist. That's an awkward word to use for, to, for me to describe myself. I'm more, I'm more along the lines of like to play with paint and paper and glue kind of person and just come what may. And uh, before I made journals, I was playing around with um, uh, pencil drawings and with watercolors and this and that. And I was starting to accumulate a lot of little uh, pencil drawings and watercolors. And I thought, well, maybe it would be fun for uh, somebody to have an original piece of art from somebody. And so I thought, let me go ahead and add some um, little personal pieces of uh, originals of art 
into my journals as an extra little added bonus. And then I also added some reproductions of larger prints that I, or larger works that I made that I couldn't stick in a journal. And I, some of the things, obviously, I wanted to keep the originals of it. I don't want to give all my originals away, but, um, you know, small originals, uh, I enjoy making. They're a lot of fun for me. There's a great fun factor, joy factor there. So I added that in there, and that gave me the confidence to go ahead and, and put these up for sale. And uh, so that's what I did. And then I just, um, uh, you know, it's it's hard. There's no question about it. There's a there's a it's like a mother giving away a baby. You put a lot of personal attention into your journals to give them away. And then you actually face the day when somebody finally buys one. And it's actually it's like a, a bittersweet day. You're so excited that somebody out there in the universe actually saw something that you handmade and is actually willing to put down cold, hard cash for it. I mean, it's kind of earth-shatteringly um, bizarre, you know, And uh, but it's humbling at the same time, too. And then, I don't know, I had the greatest fear that for some reason my journal was just going to absolutely fall apart the minute I mailed it off. And I cannot tell you how many times I double and triple and quadruple check that first journal especially. And I check them all, but I mean, not to, I mean that, that first one was so, it was like under the microscope, is this glued down? Is that glued down? Is this, is this everything is, everything has to stay together. This thing cannot fall apart. That was my biggest fear. It was just going to fall apart when somebody else touched it with their hands, but I'm hoping it didn't. <laughs> but, um, so then it became my mission to really make secure, strong, sturdy journals. I really, I really wanted to hone that part of the craft. But uh, yeah, letting it go and then knowing it's going to somebody else and then you know hoping that they love it and hoping it brings that person joy and happiness that as they go through and explore all the different pages and nooks and crannies. So um, you know, there's the, that whole aspect of uh, selling your journals, the emotional mindset aspect of it, the letting go of your baby is a huge part of selling a journal. Now. When you sell your journals, you might ask yourself, well, maybe I don't want to sell on Etsy. Maybe I want to sell other ways. Um, well, what other ways are there to sell your journals? Well, you could sell at traditional craft shows. I had a, a soap and uh, body uh, product company that I had handmade soaps. I used to make handmade soaps and go all over Florida and sell them at craft shows. And I did this for about 10 years. And it was wonderful. Uh, Oops, here comes my parrot. Hi, where are you going? Oh, I'm just flying through. Nothing <laughs> nothing to see here, Mom, just coming through. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a very fun time. And I must say, there's one thing about craft shows is that um, when you are in the craft show business, it's a happy business. People, when they go to craft shows and are in good moods, they're usually on vacation or they're just out for the weekend and they're having a good time with their friends or their family. And, it's, and all the craft uh, vendors tend to be a very close-knit group. We bump into each other at different craft shows around our states and things like that. And you kind of get to know the crowd. And uh, it's, it's, it's a very good energy. What was challenging for it for me was um, it's very physically demanding. You're, you're talking lugging your stuff from the car to the setup and the setup to the car. And you have to get there very early and break everything down and then take it away. And you are, no matter how clean you try to stay, you are filthy by the end of the day. Even if you're working with soap, you're filthy by the end of the day. And um, soap is kind of like transporting bricks because they were very heavy when you were carrying a lot of them over time. So the the physical effort of doing the uh, craft show for the 10 years was um, 
I, it was a very rewarding but very demanding physically. So when Etsy came along and seemed to remove that part of the physicality where you didn't have to go and set up a shop and break down the shop and all of that, it really seemed like a nice transition for me. Now I've seen a lot of crafters, they'll set up their own websites and, and bypass the whole Etsy thing and just sell directly from their, their site themselves. I think that's awesome and I think if you, uh, you really have uh, you know, you go, you put the word out there um, about your stuff and that you have stuff for sale and you have, or you have good ways of contacting people and marketing and things like that, that I think it can be very successful for you. Um, but you have to be very good at marketing or else nobody will even know you're there. Um, I call it the dead in the water phase where you've got these great products and just there is a market out there, but they just don't see you because you're, you're in the mist to them. It's like a fog. They can't see you. And, um, uh, you know, most people are sitting in front of their computers or their phones. So if you can catch them on their computer or their phone, which a lot of these tools today and the Internet allow us to do that with each other, with YouTube and Facebook and Pinterest and Instagram and you know Etsy and all these wonderful things, um, we have an opportunity to uh, interface with people right there, right in front of us. And uh, nobody even has to get off the couch. Isn't that awesome? So um, along with craft shows and Etsy, there's also church sales. Sometimes you can um, have, uh, you can set up a little place at your church if they have a bazaar or a, a Christmas sale or a white elephant sale, something like that. Or you can actually have one of the little ladies that sits there, little ladies, one of the lovely ladies sit there who sits there or the gentleman and they can sell your stuff for you. Sometimes they'll do consignments and things like that. Um, Another thing could be uh, what I call lost leader sales, where you gift something to an auction, like a silent auction, and you're able to put maybe little business cards out or contact me if you'd like me to make something similar for you cards. And that way, even though you're giving away something for free to the auction, you're actually getting the marketing going on behind the scenes because people are getting, your product is in front of a set uh, sets of eyes that are walking by it nonstop at the silent auction. And that can be valuable to help you sell your journals as well. Um, uh, just another idea. Consignment shops. There are crafting consignment shops for local hand makers of items where you can uh, put your shop, uh, your goodies in there so that they can be sold. Uh, you might want to look in your touristy areas. Uh, here in the Florida, we have the beach areas and they, they like uh, local handcrafted items to be sold. That's a great uh, way to uh, market your journals. Also, um, good old eBay, Amazon, and Google are making it much easier for you to sell your products from home online today. So if you're, uh, if you like, if you're brave and if you like to sell online, those are some good things to explore. Um, I have sold things on eBay, but not any journals and I haven't sold anything on Amazon or Google, but I have seen things available there. So, so it is possible to do that. And people are, um, you know, capitalizing on that. So if that, those are other options for you to think about. And then the other ways I've, I've come across, I haven't tried these, but I have seen other, uh, people on YouTube, um, specifically Lindsay Zanor and Shawcraft One, uh, they have, I guess they're called marketplaces or divine consign shops where 
uh, you, I think you send the, you, the, your journal to them and then they do a video on your journal helping you sell it and I'm, they take a cut and they send you the difference. That's basically it. They do the, the, the work and you just make the journal. If, if you love just making the journals and you don't want to do anything more than that, you can always uh, employ something like that as a strategy to sell your journals. Um, so there's many ways to do it and, and you got to find out if you've got the, the guts and the kahunas to actually give away your journals, like release them into the universe. Um, it's, you know, and, and there's no have to, but you might find yourself in the position where you might want to just because you've made so many. And I know there's a fine tipping point at the beginning when you start to make journals, there's this hesitancy. We generally go very slow in the beginning as we're learning the craft. We're learning how to put everything together and we're learning stability of the item. We want it to be strong and sturdy and we want to get all the kinks worked out. And then you're going to get to the next tipping point where you kind of get it about how to make the basic journal and you're going to feel comfortable about that. And then all of a sudden your idea brain is going to start swirling around and you're going to be thinking, oh, I could make this journal, that journal, this journal, and that journal. And everything will become about making the next journal and you'll start to crank them out a little bit faster because you're better at it it's like riding a bike or practicing the piano once you do it a bunch of times it does become easier and they go together faster and then you're thinking more about the style of the journal and the new fun things you could tuck into the journal and you'll be you know eternally going on hunts for stuff which is I I say it's 50% of the fun making the journal and then the hunting for the stuff for the journal is a lot of fun so uh, those are just some fun things that you can think about as you are exploring the concept of possibly selling journals someday. If you ever come, it ever comes to pass, it can be a, a wonderful way to earn a little bit more money for your family. And it's very important to take into account, um, you know, when you're thinking about pricing your journal, uh, don't undersell yourself. Take into account hours spent. Be honest with yourself and ask yourself, how many hours did I truly spend? And what did my uh, supplies cost? And then somehow you have to rationalize that you'll never really get back all the hours spent and the supplies cost because it, I think it takes a long time to make a, a journal. Uh, it does for me. And um, I can only judge by my own pace. But, uh, uh, and I heavily decorate them. I heavily, and I stuff them full. You don't have to do that. They can be naked journals and you can sell them and you can crank them out a lot faster. And that absolutely makes sense. And there's a, there are markets for that as well. And there are people out there who really want writing journals with a lot of space in them. And uh, so don't don't feel like you have to overstuff like, like I do. Uh, it's just a personal style choice. But uh, yes, you can... Um, um, you know, go out there and create a whole bunch of journals relatively quickly, like Jessica Rapp at Two Silver Oranges. She's very good and very organized, and and she can create 30 journals. It seems like in two days she's got 30 journals done. I don't know how the woman does it. She's amazing. (laughs) But she just whips these together so fast because she's got her system down. She just knows how to put these together. She gets very focused, and uh, she obviously loves what she does because uh, it really comes through her journal shine. So... um, 
kind of keep all these things in mind. There's a million, my mother always said, there's a million and one ways to slice a cat. Now, I think that's a really weird saying, but it was hers. <laughs> and uh, I would never slice a cat, neither would she. But uh, that was our funny little saying to each other. So there's a million and one ways to approach uh, selling journals. And uh, this is actually a very interesting topic. I think a lot of people are interested in selling their journals. So we're going to have a lot more podcasts on that specific topic, different nuances, and uh, maybe exploring Etsy a little bit more too. And just, um, you know, the... You know what I've learned in my short time on Etsy. I've officially went live on Etsy, I believe, in June of this of 2019, and uh, um, so I don't have you know years of experience. Um, a lot more people do than me, but it has been a very interesting learning curve on Etsy. And so far, the experience has been good as far as being able to manage. Uh, the sales and get the journals uh, shipped to the right person safely, and there's, it's easy to interact with your customers and and that type of thing. So it's 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 good that way. At least that's been my experience so far. And uh, but anyway, we're going to be talking more on this. But um, I'm not going to chew your ear off anymore today. I want to release you back to the crafting world. I hope you're out there having fun crafting. You. You make sure that your number one thing is that you are having fun and fun can be simple and be creating with reckless abandon as always. And I will be talking to you soon. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Hey, Pam, it's Kathy in Everett, Washington. Just wanted to say thanks for the great podcast. And I find collage wonderfully relaxing. Thanks for the good tips on using my scraps and glad I found your podcast. Thanks. I'll see you at the outpost later.